Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 339 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Sorry, I was just having a little case of the giggles, but I'm almost over it now. <laughs> We've, um, it happens sometimes. We have done this opening take about six <laughs> times, listeners. Yes. It'll, we'll save well, it for I, the outtakes. <laughs> I burped during one of the, the beginning, but now I'm better now. I think that like all of my, I think I won't have any more eruptions, I don't think. <laughs> I mean. So let's move forward. One never knows, but it's so perfect because we are talking about being a gracious guest today. And I don't oh know, is gosh. it totally fake news that in some cultures, um, a hearty belch would be considered polite after a meal as a guest? I hope that's not fake news because I have been like counting on that to be true my whole life. And the funny thing is I'm not much of a burper, but like that just couldn't help it. It, it just, just happened. It just happened. One of my yeah. children who shall remain nameless was a huge belcher and it was quite adorable as a little child. Um, and then it got like a little bit more embarrassing. And then they stopped drinking milk just coincidentally, like kind of outgrew that desire to drink milk all the time. And the belching totally stopped. So interesting. Oh, little, my goodness. Yeah. Otherwise, no sign of like hmm. major lactose intolerance, but no, no milk, right? no burpee. So, <laughs> OK, getting back on track, we are talking about how to be a gracious guest today. And and even in whatever season of life you are in. And so we're going to talk a lot about kind of the trenches years of having little kids. And and there's lots of ways to show up as a guest. I think we're leading into the holiday season. So a lot of us have things like Thanksgiving gatherings or maybe like holidays with the in-laws on your mind. But I think being a guest and guest etiquette applies literally to everything. In fact, next week, we're going to be talking about house rules for playdates. And that's even a form of showing up as a guest, even if it's something super casual in your friend's backyard with a couple of kids. So This is a broad discussion. We have a lot to get to, and it kind of is a pairing with last week's episode, which was all about hosting. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I'm excited about this. You know, I did a lot of both hosting and guesting. Is that a word? Sure. Um, You know, with many children in tow and have, you know, my whole adult life. And 
I, we all have our own ways of doing it, right? Just like we talked about yeah. on the last episode, it's like the thing that might come naturally to you or seem like just the way it's done to someone else. It could be totally foreign or just like not what they think of first when they think about being a good guest. So I'm excited to dive into this. Yeah. And it's, it's perfect that we paired these episodes because it is a two-way relationship, right? It, you, you can't host something without guests and you can't be a guest without someone hosting. So I think it's really helpful to remember that whichever side of it you're on, we have all these preconceived notions and we hold ourselves to these standards. And um, there's someone at the other end of the relationship that maybe isn't judging you as harshly as you think, or maybe has different expectations. So it is that kind of like, you can't have one without the other. Right. Um, We also have to pause to say that we have some great gift guides already up at themomhour.com. Um, we're going to be talking about it more in future episodes, but there's no waiting. We can't wait any longer because people are wanting to do the shopping. So this is really exciting. Um, and we'll link them up in the show notes, but we have separate gift guides for babies, for toddlers, little kids, big kids. We have one all about outdoor adventurous families. We have one just for mom. And there's a whole bunch of holiday stuff all linked up at themomhour.com slash holiday 21 for 2021. Um, so you're all going to want to bookmark that page and check out throughout the season, but super excited about those gift guides. I am so excited because Sarah, this is something we've literally been talking about doing for years now, and we just have never had the time ourselves to do it. And now we have this amazing team that we've built with all these great contributors who are like able to speak from their perspectives yeah. and share like the, the things that they would, you know, get their kids or have really been a standout in their homes. Um, and, you know, keep it up to date because we know that the last time we were buying for babies was kind of a long time ago. So it's great to have those new perspectives. And I'm just really excited about this. Yeah, I am too. And and our hope was that having one page to bookmark is just where everything for all of our The Mom Hour holiday content will be this year. So that's, again, themomhour.com slash holiday 21. And we'll be chatting about it a lot more on social and on the podcast in the future. But Let's get shopping, people. It's time. There are shipping delays to worry about and other things. <laughs> <laughs> and, other, and other things that I don't really understand, I but I keep hearing about in the news. I exactly. um, also want to do a quick shout out for our uh, small business boutique, which is also launching this week. And that will be linked up in the holiday headquarters as well. So you can check that out. Those are small businesses we're working with who maybe are a little too small to be advertised on the show, but who um, want to get in front of you all. And I think you're going to be really excited about the collection of small businesses we put together. Yep. And that is also right on that holiday headquarters page. So check the show notes, follow that link. And we're excited. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. 
That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right, so let's, let's dive in in just a very general way and kind of talk about how we are as guests and what type of gatherings we've enjoyed attending with and without kids over the years. So let's first just share what type of gathering has felt good to be a guest at in the years when you had little kids. And I can go first on this too, because I have a very, like a picture in my mind of something that includes the ability to be indoors and outdoors. And I know not everybody has weather that supports (laughs) that, but I've always lived, especially in the winter holidays, I've lived places that were temperate, uh, outdoors for outdoor gatherings. And there's something just so much more relaxing about being able to take like a really physically active kid and run around out in the backyard. Even if the house where you're attending a gathering isn't like a kid house. And it's maybe I should say, especially if it's just like, oh, we're going to go um, play in the leaves a little bit out here. We're going to go like burn off some energy. So a gathering where there was access to outdoors would have been great when I had little kids. And also one where food and eating was more of like a, like a, food is out and you can eat as you wish on any timeline was also really helpful when I had little kids because a sit down meal obviously is hard for a lot of reasons. It draws attention to those picky eaters. You're like trying to cut up grapes over here and like keep a conversation going. And even if there's like a kid's table or kid food, something about the pressure of a a sit down meal just felt harder. So I'm thinking of like a holiday open house where there's like there's stuff happening, but everyone's kind of doing their own thing. That was my favorite type of gathering. And it felt fun and it felt festive and it felt doable when I had small kids. Well, Sarah, I had to give this some thought because I was like, man, what were the ones that were fun? Because I really always liked going to gatherings and I thought maybe they were all great. But then I thought about it and I thought, no, there was definitely a class of gatherings when my kids were little that were not so great. Um, I will say that my kids tended to do best, meaning that I also was the most relaxed, right? At events that had either like a, it was like the chaos, like just come drop your kids. They run off. The adults are all hanging out in the kitchen. Like, and those had to be with the right people. Yeah. Right. Cause you have to be comfortable letting your kids really run free and you have to feel like they're safe and not going to get in trouble and also not wreck something. And also that no one's judging you. Like there's all these things that have to go into that. 
or we did really well at like relatively formal dinners um, at a restaurant or something like that. The ones where I thought it was really difficult was kind of in the middle where it seemed like chaos, but actually the kid chaos was not really okay. Like yeah. all the adults are hanging out in the kitchen talking. So why are the kids not allowed to, you know, run amok? Like that was confusing for my kids or sit down dinners in a home mm -hmm. where I felt that the other people at the table would expect my kids to have restaurant manners, but they didn't get the memo because we're in someone's house. So it's like that in between, like them not knowing what to expect, I think was really hard. Oh my gosh. That's probably like the tagline of this episode is knowing what to expect both for adults and right. kids. And you're so right that restaurant meals, while they can be stressful, it's such a previously established set of norms that like, and, and they tend to be shorter. You don't tend to go to a restaurant for like four hours. So right. it's like, we can put our napkins on our laps and get through this. Whereas like you said, a dinner party at someone's house it's a lot murkier about like how, you know, how polite are we expected to be and how long do we have to sit here before we can go play again or whatever? Yeah. And I also think there's something about sitting with a menu, like so much about being at a restaurant kind of eats up time and you like everyone's ordering off the menu and there's mm -hmm. things to color and, um, and then uh, someone else is bringing you the food and yes. the drinks and like all of that thing. There's not someone getting up and down from the table, like a hostess or you, having to do it. And it also, like, you're so right. It gets done. Like you're in and out and maybe an hour if it's really fancy hour and a half. Right. And I feel like those holiday dinners, like at grandma's house or at aunt Sue's house or whatever, tend to go on a little longer than it's probably practical for little kids sometimes. Yeah. And the adults really just want to talk and the kids really just want to be done. And if, if it's not the kind of house, like I would say in general, those holiday gatherings sometimes are too long when they're in a person's house where your kids don't feel comfortable. And the adults just want to sit and talk and the kids have nothing to do. Like, to me, that's like the hardest. And if you had to say like, what is, what was the best kind? It's the opposite of that middle. It's whatever that, that isn't. Yeah. And in right. the second half of this episode, we're going to dig into some, like maybe some strategies for how to make the best of those for sure. But I'm curious about with older kids now, like, do you have, yeah. is there a type of gathering that you love to be a guest at? Um, you know, I actually just think with older kids, I just want them to not seem bored. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just about the right mix of people. Um, so there's conversation. And so like everyone has somebody to talk to and also that it doesn't go on too long because yeah. again, with teenagers, it like, they've got other stuff they want to do and they get bored. Like, and it, it sometimes we'll just sit around and talk and we're all having a great time and it's wonderful but that's not necessarily going to happen with like an elder relative that they don't know how to be comfortable around. Right. Um, or even like if they just all have other things they'd rather be off doing. So yeah. I just want them to be engaged. And so again, I really, I'm a big fan of kind of short and sweet, either a big sit down meal that we finish up quickly or, or, a, um, or like a restaurant meal and then mm -hmm. just get them on to the next thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah. what about, as a guest without kids, so just you, if you got to be invited to something and show up as a guest, what's your favorite type of gathering? So I guess I would have to say a small gathering with people I know really well is my number one. Um, I also really like big gatherings with a mix of people where I can really be on. I have to be in the right mood for that, but I mm -hmm. do enjoy those. I, again, the middle thing, I find small gatherings where I don't know the people around me well to be very awkward. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Like if I was in a, yeah, if I, I was like at a table with eight people, but I didn't know any of them particularly well, that's just hard. It's like hard to pull that off. Um, or, you know, four five, six, eight people, um, bigger than that. And I feel like you can kind of break off or something mm -hmm. into groups and, 
Um, you know, smaller than that. If you know everybody, wonderful. Probably right. that's my favorite. What about you? Yeah, it's funny. I even though I'm an introvert, I almost feel like if I get a night to go to a party or something, I'd want to be with either my significant other or a bestie. Like, so I'd want like a partner in crime because that's like a like a social security blanket for me, someone that I know really well. But then I don't mind going to a bigger, more anonymous event, especially because you tend to be able to arrive and leave on your own schedule. And something yeah, that true. comes up for me is feeling like, okay, I'm done. Like I've, I've been here long enough. Like I want to go to bed early or like I've had all the fun that I'm going to have. And I don't like that awkward trapped feeling of like not wanting to leave early. Um, and we'll talk more about how I've learned to like set expectations about that on the front end so that I don't feel so bad. Um, but at a, at a larger, I'm picturing some like 60th birthday parties I've been to or a mm -hmm. wedding or a reception or something where like you get to be very social and you get to like connect with lots of different people, but there's no eyes on you in terms of like, what time did you roll in and what time did you roll out? And you can be <laughs> a gracious guest and do all of the festive merrymaking you want, but then you can leave on your own terms. So that's probably my favorite. You've always got leaving in mind. I think that's I like do. one of the things for you to enjoy is like the figuring out the whole exit strategy. It is. And probably it makes <laughs> yeah. me stay longer. Honestly, if I know that, yeah. if I know my exit strategy, I can probably relax and enjoy even longer. So that's what came up for me. Um, well, let's talk about some ways that we have specifically tried to be a quote unquote good guest, obviously air quotes, because there's lots of ways to be a good guest. But what are some things that you try to do or have tried to do over the years? So I always try to bring something like useful or appropriate. Um, I don't know that I always nail that, but bring some, I don't come in empty handed. And then I'm really good at leaving rooms better than I found them. That is one of my like life rules, philosophy mm -hmm. is one of my core values, if you will. And I'm like that even as a guest, like I will be, I go in a bathroom and there's something amiss. It will not be a miss when I leave the bathroom. Um, so like, that's just, those are a couple of things that maybe, um, aren't super like obvious to others, but I, yeah. it's just kind of the way I want to interact with the space that I'm in. Yeah. I you? love that. Um, so something that I think I do naturally and that I think of as, is almost like etiquette. I, I try really hard to like read the email, read the invitation and like show up for the event that the host has thoughtfully planned. So if it says like, this is a cookie exchange, like please bring a dozen cookies and like this to share. If there's any kind of instructions to follow, and I know you're probably giggling over there, but like, I do think that's one of my superpowers is paying attention to details and like doing what others expect of me. And I think as a guest, I try not to be late. I try to show up with the thing I'm supposed to show up with or you know, have read the memo about where to park and please park over here because da, 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 da. And so I, that is a way that I try to be uh, mindful that the host has has put time into planning an event a certain way. And I think that goes for everything, like kids' birthday parties. Just I try to read the fine print, I guess. And I think it's something that comes naturally to me and that hopefully is helpful to a host. Yeah, I don't know that I'm as good I mean, no surprise. I'm not as good at reading the frame print. It, for me, it's not, it's not out of any intention to not read the room. I think I'm very good at intuiting. Um, like if I know somebody well, like what they would want, but sometimes I literally will look at something and miss important pieces of information sure. on it. Like I will read an invitation and completely miss some important directive on it. And I, and then I can read it seven times and I'll still miss that important directive. So I learn a lot by making mistakes. <laughs> and then it's like, once I've screwed something up and felt like a dummy, like three or four times, then I don't make that particular mistake again, but I'll make a different one. 
Well, and this is a really good illustration of like, just like we talked about with hosting, we can't all be all the things, you know, you are likely much more intuitive and much more warm and engaging right when you show up, jumping in to help cleaning the bathroom counters. And probably I'm like standing awkwardly in a corner. So it all evens out in the end. Well, let's talk about some ways we could be better. And I can go first on this. Um, I am not great on the whole hostess gift thing. I'm very inconsistent. Sometimes I forget it's a thing. Like it's sort of common practice. Sometimes I get unsure about like, does this gathering warrant like a real hostess gift? If I bring a bottle of wine, I mean, that's fine. That's nice. And sometimes that's just like a little gesture, but sometimes it's nice to have something more thought out. Um, I don't have like, I wish I had like a go-to um, hostess gift that I just kept a bunch of. I'm sure our listeners would have great ideas for things like that. And then like, if you stay overnight in someone's house, that's even another opportunity to get like a thoughtful gift. And I feel like sometimes I do it and sometimes I don't. So I'm not great at the, at the gift giving at all. I'm also just not great at staying late, helping clean, like like all the things you're probably really good at because I'm trying to make an exit or I'm too preoccupied with right. my kids or whatever. <laughs> I was going to say helping to clean requires staying late and staying yes. late requires staying awake late. I mean, and none of those things are your, are your uh, nope. strong suits. Right. But, but that's okay. And honestly, the, you know, my, my answer of the way I could be better is that I honestly don't know a lot of the etiquette rules. So I also am not great about hostess gifts because I'm not really hundred percent sure what the standard is. Like I always bring something but it's much more likely to be food that maybe is not needed. Like maybe nobody even wants my food because they have their own menu. And then I kind of stress about that sometimes, honestly, or like wine, which also is great to bring, but then I'm a little torn about like, do I put it with the stuff that they have out? Do I, you know what I mean? I like not That's knowing awkward. there's that awkward, it's like, awkward. are we drinking and, this and, tonight moment? Yes. Right. And everybody is different. Like all get, all hosts are different. Some you walk in, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought wine. I didn't have any. And then they open it and you all drink it. And sometimes it's like, thanks a lot. And then they put it away because that's not what they want served at their party. It's same with snacks, same with anything edible. Um, And I really don't think you need to know the rules to be a good guest or a good host. But I do wonder sometimes if I knew, if I had like a, if I had like a way things are supposed to be, and I just did that thing if I would then feel less uncertain and then that would make me a better guest because, because Mm -hmm. etiquette's really all about making the other person comfortable. Right. So if I feel totally confident in what I did, does that then lead to the other person feeling confident in what I did and then make them a more relaxed host? I don't know. I can't answer that question, but like, sometimes I just feel like having the knowledge, even if I didn't use it all. And I have some, I have a, you know, a fair, like a basics, like a basic understanding of, social graces, but not the whole, I think it'd actually be really interesting to do a deep dive on that. So I know all the rules and then I can choose which ones I break. Yeah, I, I agree. I always like to know the rules and I agree that, um, it's like a decide once the lazy genius, uh, principle of just decide once, like the hostess gift I bring is flowers or whatever. And then I always do it. And then like you said, it puts everyone at ease. Cause you act like, you know what you're doing, which makes right. everyone feel less awkward. Right. So, yeah. Um, well, I was going to, I wanted to talk about whether we notice guest behavior when we host. So momentarily, we're kind of stepping back into our host mindset here. But have are there things that you've noticed about your guest behavior that you extra appreciate or maybe that rubs you the wrong way? So I really just want people to have a good time. And so like it would be very difficult if somebody is actively enjoying themselves, which usually kind of looks like them just kind of going with the flow. So if something isn't 
you know, right on time or if there's a little, I don't know, some little chaos or, you know, um, crisis or something, they just kind of go with it and still have fun. I love that. It's very hard for me when people aren't enjoying themselves and I can tell, and it's not even Mm. like, it doesn't rub me the wrong way. It's not maybe their fault, but like if, if there's this mystery, like there's something I could or should be doing right now to make this person more comfortable. I don't know what it is, or I'm, my hands are full and I can't, or I don't know them very well. So I can't ask her for whatever reason, or maybe they're just unpleasable. And there are yeah. people who are surely unpleasable and it doesn't matter what you do. They're always going to be that way, but that can really kind of like the opposite of that. I really appreciate. I love when people are having a fantastic time at my thing. That's so good because like if you're thinking as a guest, like all you have to do is show up and have fun and like Megan will That's be literally happy. All as a you host. have to do. Yeah. yeah. I love all that. You got to do. But you can't fake it, right? So like you have to be in, that's the going with the flow part. Like you have to be ready for whatever happens and to enjoy yourself anyway. And so that's the thing I appreciate when people are just entertainable. Yes. Okay. That's so good. So I have one that's kind of specific and I feel like I've noticed this more recently, but I really appreciate when guests are upfront about any like dietary or food drink preferences. I have noticed this, especially in the last couple of years, people are getting just more comfortable and not weird being like, Hey, I'm gluten-free. Is it okay if I bring my own hamburger buns? And I'm like, that would be amazing because I don't know which gluten-free hamburger buns to get. And I really want you to enjoy your burger. And that would be great. (laughs) It doesn't make me feel like, Oh no, I didn't like plan correctly. Or I feel so bad. I would so much rather the information we had right. people come over with um, some non-alcoholic beer because they had a non-drinker. And I had this twinge of like, oh my gosh, I should have known. I should have asked. And then I was like, no, I, I love that I'm living in a time where like they felt comfortable bringing their own. We like handed over the bottle opener. Like it was no big deal. So I, I appreciate that as a host when it makes me feel more comfortable that people feel like that that's okay to do. And I don't know if this is like generationally just getting a little bit more laid back, but I feel like there was a time where as a host, you were expected to anticipate all the needs and have all the things. And that feels stressful and unnecessary to me. So I am all for people saying, Hey, I don't eat this. Like, how can I help? Can I bring something or, you know, and then we can have like a quick text conversation about it beforehand and be less awkward later. Yeah. I love that. Well, and the thing is, it's actually impossible for a host to have all the things and anticipate all the needs. So probably what was actually happening you know, in days of yore is that the guests were squashing their needs. Yes. They were standing around all night with a drink they couldn't drink or didn't want to, or like quietly getting a club soda or like, you know, eating something or picking around the food on their plate because they couldn't eat the food or didn't want to. Like, you know what I mean? Like now everybody can just be who they are about Uh it. And like you, no guest or no host, unless they were just like wealthy with a fully stocked kitchen and a, you know, personal chef probably ever had everything anyone might need. It's just that people squash their needs. Yeah. So it's great that people don't have to do that anymore. I think I that's agree. great. I'm here for the non-need squashing. I love it. <laughs> okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. 
We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right, Megan. Well, we're getting in our time machines, as we sometimes say, and going back uh, <laughs> to the the dynamics of being a guest, especially around the holidays when you've got a busy family and maybe the choice to accept an invitation is not totally up to you. Like these are the gatherings we're going to go to regardless. And they can be stressful. They can be stressful because we have expectations for how our kids should behave or It's been two years since they saw grandma and grandma really is excited to see them. And there's just like there's a lot of emotion wrapped up. And at the same time, like we talked about in the first half, there's some basic principles of of being a gracious guest that we, we are trying to maintain. But then with all this other stuff. So I wanted to dig into just some tips and strategies for doing this, especially when you have little kids uh, who are accompanying you, your little guest sidekick. And the first one I wanted to offer is that it starts with really thinking about how and whether you accept an invitation to a gathering. And that's like so fundamental to me. And I just want to pause and remind people that while others might expect you to show up with your whole family um, for the whole thing, you are the decider, as we like to say on this show, mm. and the way things have always happened don't have to be the way they always happen or the way they happen this year or the way they happen forever. So my very first tip is to just before you assume that everybody's going to Aunt Susan's on Christmas Eve that starts at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., just pause and think, is that what I want for my family this year? And is there a way to graciously accept that works for my family. So I'll just throw out some examples. Um, I think in some situations it's acceptable to say, you know, I'm going to stop by with the baby. I know everybody's excited to meet the baby. My husband's going to stay home with the other two kids because, you know, we just, their, their bedtime is just 
crucial to our stage of life right now. So super excited to see everyone. It'll just be me and the baby. So you could split the family up. I have definitely done that. Um, you can decide to come for a short amount of time and you can graciously communicate that to your host and say, you know, we're going to be there with bells on right at five o'clock. But just so you know, we're going to make our exit early because X, Y, Z. I think when these things are communicated ahead of time and kindly and you don't make it about you're not making it about the host like they did something wrong by starting their party at 630. It's not about them, but you can graciously Mm -hmm. accept, I think, in a way that works for you. Um, you can also skip a year and not go. And I know that's really, really hard yeah. in certain situations. And and I'm sure there are gatherings where that's not an option in your family. So I'm not suggesting it's an option for everybody all the time. Um, you could also stop by earlier in the day and say, hey, can I come help you decorate the tables for a little bit? We're not going to be able to come tonight, um, but I'd love to see you and drop off some flowers or something. I think there are ways, there are ways to graciously modify an acceptance to a gathering and so much about so much of the pressure of being a good guest when you show up starts with whether you even want to go. Right. Well, and I, I think there's even like even modifications in between. And in my memory of having little kids, usually there was one of my spouse or I who wanted to be at the gathering more. Typically it was me. And I always remember feeling like, but I want to really go to this thing. Like I'm kind of bummed because it's just not a great time for us to go with all the kids. Everyone wants to see the kids. Um, but I, I don't want to be there all night with the kids, but I also don't want to skip it. And I remember lots of times we would all go together for like half an hour. Mm -hmm. And then my now ex would take the kids and he'd go away and I'd stay the rest of the evening. So it's like, he got to kind of show up and like show his face and everyone got the pleasure of, you know, nodding at the kids. It's kind of all they want anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's like, saying like a quick hello. And then he got to skedaddle and go home and watch TV or whatever he wanted to do. And I got to hang out sometimes with a nursing baby and sometimes without. So there's like, even within those categories you gave, you can even get more granular about the way you um, problem solve. Absolutely. And, and I think when we're talking about etiquette or graciousness, to me, it feels fairer to everybody to think about those things before you accept rather than be like, yep, we'll be there. And then you're grumpy or you're super late or you're leaving with a melting down kid. Not, I mean, we can't avoid those things sometimes, but sometimes it starts with thinking about whether you even want to be there (laughs) ahead of time rather than accepting and then having it all like fall apart at the last minute. Um, Another thing, once you decide to go, of course, kind of prepping your little kids for behavior expectations. And I'm always a big fan of like, picking the one or two things that's really important to you and letting the rest go. So if what they wear is important to you, you might decide that what they eat while they're there, you're just going to let it go. Like it's, um, it's a lot to expect of really little kids to behave like miniature adults. Um, and I have definitely, I've definitely done it. I have put that pressure on my kids to be perfect little party guests. And I'm not sure anybody gained anything from it. And then lastly, if you are going somewhere where, you know, there's no like toy basket in the corner or the host is not used to having little kids around, I think it's totally it goes back to like bringing your own beer if you need to. It's totally acceptable to bring an activity um, that, you know, your kids will play with or maybe there's some other kids and it'll bring kids together. Ideally, something that's going to like encourage the right kind of kid behavior. So you're not going to bring like paints, finger paints, or, you know, you <laughs> that m- would be mean. <laughs> that would be mean. Um, or like a giant indoor soccer goal, but bringing something to thoughtfully entertain your kids may take some pressure off the host to be like, Oh, thank goodness. You know, there's something to keep these kids right. busy. So 
that can that can serve you. It could also be a lifeline to another family with small kids. I know my kids have sometimes shown up and there's like a cookie decorating station that somebody thought to do and the rest of the party is super boring grown up stuff. And that is always appreciated. So some years you'll be the mom who thinks ahead on that kind of stuff. And some years you will be the one who is thrown the lifeline. And that's OK, too. So I would also add to that if you know the parents well, like if you know the hosts well enough to find out ahead of time whether the other kids there are going to be using screens Mm. or not. And if they are like, what are the rules around that? Because I have been on both sides of this where my kids have shown up empty handed and other kids are getting to play on their personal screens. And then my kids are standing around like kind of bored and bummed out the whole time because the other kids are brought their own personal devices and I didn't have anything else alternating for my kids. And honestly, even if my ideal would have been for them to not be on screens, if it's like literally every other kid there gets to have a screen and my kids are just standing around like twiddling their thumbs, I would have probably just let them have their screens. Like it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. And then on the other side, I've had times before where like some of my kids really wanted to have like a big fun, you know, screen time adventure. And it was the kind of group where I thought that would work. And then for a variety of reasons, it didn't because maybe one kid was grounded from screens for the night oh. or the week or whatever, <laughs> or like whatever there's some, or their, you know, parents had just decided like it was going to be a screen free night. And then you've got this like one kid who's not allowed to use it. And like the entire rest of the party thinks that's how the night's going to go. And I think uh, we're not talking about hosting as a host. There's lots of ways to control that. But as a guest, there's really no way to control it. You just kind of got to know what you're walking into. Yeah, I think that's good. So. I'm thinking back to when I was taking little kids into um, a variety of family get togethers and bigger than family get togethers. And Sarah, we've talked several times about the wedding I went to where my kids completely fell apart. And Isaac in particular had a complete um, meltdown at the wedding. And yep. now it's, it's became a meme. Became a viral now. meme. Yeah. Became a viral meme. Yes. Um, and I guess the thing that I would just lean in on is that like there's kind of no getting around the fact that even if you have really well-behaved children who really know how to handle themselves in a crowd, at some point, things are going to go all to heck. It's just, there's almost no way it won't at some point. And maybe for you, that going all to heck is going to look really mild compared to how it might look for somebody else. Um, Regardless of how their behavior disappoints you, it's just not because you're a bad mom and it's not because you have demons spawn. I do believe that was how... Isaac was referred to in that meme that someone made demon spawn or something like that. Um, that is not the truth. It's not your job to prove that you're a great mom or how great your kids are or that you really have it all together. And that's really hard for me. Like still, I mean, still these to this day, my kids don't throw tantrums anymore, but I still can tend to see their manners or behavior as a reflection of me and my parenting. And I still have to fight defaulting to shame and self-blame um, mm-hmm. when they act imperfect, which they are because we all are, because we're all human yeah. beings <laughs> and they're just learning how to be, you know, reasonable human beings. So I have to repeat this to myself all the time, but like, it's not my job to prove that I'm a great mom. It's not my job to prove that I'm a great mom. That is not what I'm here to do. I'm here to be an individual human being and enjoy myself as much as I can and to parent my children the best way I know how. And I don't think I've said it on the show for a while, but um, it used to be the bell I was always clanging was if you find yourself making parenting decisions based on what other people think, you're probably not making the right decision. So if at a party, you're parenting your kids in a way that feels wrong because you think 
it will make you look like a better mom or like your kids are in more control. You're doing that for a very short term goal. That's not even a goal. Like who cares? You know what I mean? So, um, one other thing I would say, and I wish I had done this more early on and not just tried to like, you know, grit my teeth and white knuckle it through something that was starting to derail all around me is you can always gather up your little family. You can leave the place, go in your car, go to a private room. You can regroup, listen to them. Maybe there's something legitimate they're trying to tell you Mm -hmm. and you're just distracted and embarrassed and you're not hearing it. You know, there might really be something. Maybe they're like uncomfortable for some reason or something is happening that they need to tell you or they're just ready to go home. Like there's lots of things that could be happening. But I think that just like taking a family timeout can be really effective. Like pull yourself together, help them pull themselves together, listen, communicate your expectations, find out if it's even worth staying. Mm-hmm. And if it's worth it, re-enter, like regroup and re-enter as a unit. If it's not, go home. <laughs> it's like, you know, it might not be worth it. Some, not every person is, is worth, you know, it's that they're not worth it as human beings, but not every gathering is worth stressing yourself out over. I would say probably most aren't. I I so agree with that. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, we started this episode talking about what kind of events we like to go to without kids and what kind of lights us up individually as a party guest. And one of the things I think that happens when you're in the trenches, especially during the holidays, is you may not have been to a party in like, well, it's a pandemic. So like in two years. And I think sometimes we confuse our need as moms to be social and talk to other adults and wear something that looks nice and, um, you know, drink from a fancy glass with, so there's that real need. That's a real need that moms and adults have with this event that's planned where you also have your children with you. So sometimes there's an, like an internal conflict happening, which is you really need an adult gathering night out, but this is the time Mm. where for, a variety of reasons your entire family is with you. And um, I think going back to kind of clarifying, why are we showing up to this thing? What is, what's the purpose for our holiday season or our family? And there probably is a purpose. It, and the purpose might be that, that it's important to grandma and that's okay. But, but clarifying that that's kind of the, the core driver and maybe solving for mom and dad could really use a night out in a different way. Cause otherwise we're trying to meet competing needs at the same time. If that makes sense. It's very hard to have a fun, fancy night out when you have toddlers with you. Yeah. And if you think you're going to get both, I mean, every now and then you might, but like it, you're probably setting yourself up for some disappointment <laughs> if you're trying to get that, you know, fun, relaxed night out with friends to be social. And you've got an 18 month old, like clinging to your legs and a four-year-old who doesn't really want to, you know, to right. do the things they're supposed to do. Like those two things don't really go together often. Yep. And I think that makes us sometimes resent our children's behavior even more. Like I was so looking forward to this. All I wanted is to like, you know, have a nice glass of wine and come to this party. And then, but that's again, the the expectations are sort of too wide for what this individual event can deliver to you. So, right. So I guess Sarah, I mean, if we were going to, tie this all up in a nice little bow. Wouldn't it be nice if we could tie all these things up in a nice little bow that was actually helpful? But like, it's really, it all comes down to the mom confidence part, right? Like knowing yourself and your family well enough to know what's going to work for you all and not trying to, and for me, like for a, uh, an extrovert who felt very isolated at times in my early parenting, my motivators might've been different 
from someone who wasn't, but like, I would still find myself tying my, I would find myself tying myself up like a pretzel to accommodate the wishes of a host rather than accommodating the needs of my family, because Mm -hmm. I kind of had this magical thinking that this was going to be the time it was going to work great. Or what, I don't even know what I was thinking. I just really wanted to try. And then that expectation not getting met, that disappointment. And at some point, yeah, you'll still have kids, but maybe they'll be like six and eight and they'll just play in the backyard or they'll sit quietly in the corner and talk to each other or something like that instead of running around and knocking things over. It's like the stages go so quickly and you really don't have to try to fit it all in this year if this year just isn't the right year for you. Right. And I'm, I'm picturing like if you have a core belief that like staying late and helping with dishes is what a good guest does or arriving with the perfect hostess gift is what a good guest does. We have these like, like we talked about last week when we talked about hosting, we have these kind of things that we brought forward either from like our childhood or from magazines or whatever. It's not likely you're going to be able to tick those boxes in this season of life. If you have really young kids, it may be just barely enough that you showed up on the right day at approximately the right time. (laughs) And that like everyone survived, that might be the bar for this year. But I think what, what we can offer hopefully is being having older kids. It's not that the challenges of being a gracious guest ever go away, but you're right, Megan, they change. And I love now like walking into a situation where maybe I can take a toddler and help with help with some little kids. And maybe I can keep some little kids busy so that their moms can have a glass of wine in peace. Or maybe I can, you know, help the host with the food and drink because my kids are just off playing. And so that season will arrive too. Um, And it's, it's not fair, I think, for us to hold ourselves or our kids or our spouses or our families to a kind of a one size fits all guest standards. And I think if we go back to what we said at the very beginning, which is you know, transparency and, and gracious communications with your host and just being honest about what you, what you can show up for, what you can bring, not over committing. I think all of that sort of smooths the bumpy path toward maybe even enjoying yourself or at least getting out alive of these gatherings. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Well, this was really fun and I'm excited because next week, Megan, I, I don't think we planned for this all to go together so nicely. Maybe we did, but next week we're doing house rules for play dates, which really is hosting and guesting all over again, but just in a much more like everyday casual kind of way with little kids. Um, our Facebook group is where people are contributing their house rules and you still have time. So I will link to that thread in the show notes. And it's also fun for you to preview all of people's great house rules about play dates. So look for that. Yeah. And Sarah, I think that that genius was completely um, intentional. So I'm going to give us full credit for it. I actually <laughs> don't really remember if it was, but it, it seems like we were really smart about that. So definitely check that out. Um, also this Friday, we have a special episode that's going to drop in your feed. And I'm really excited about this one because it's all about kitchen inspiration. Um, and this time of year, especially I am so into tearing things out of magazines. I can't even tell you. So we're going to get into all the things that give us inspiration for cooking. I love it. Yeah. We haven't done something like that in a, like ever maybe where we get to talk about cookbooks and Pinterest and all that stuff. So that'll be really fun. Um, and then we have a more than mom coming up this Sunday. So this is a three episode week for all of you. Thanks so much for being here and for listening. Check the show notes for the links we mentioned today, including our holiday headquarters at themomhour.com slash holiday 21. And we will talk to you all on Friday. 
The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.